All right, thanks for joining me, everyone. Charles Moskowitz, welcome to the program. Um, we've got Tim Rivers here. He is the author of the American Gulag Chronicles. He's got a great article up on his uh, Publius National Post. Uh, the more you arrest Trump, the more he will win. Tim, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thanks, Charles. Appreciate you having me on. So, Tim, um, this is an issue that I'm very concerned about. Right after the uh, the riots of um, January 6th in front of the U.S. Capitol building, you had the FBI sweep in over time, and they still are, and arrest hundreds of people and put them in prison, um, many of whom still have not yet uh, had to face a trial. There has been reports of torture. Um, in one case, I heard that somebody had one of his eyes knocked out. There right. have been people who have been denied uh, prescription drugs. This is something that you would expect in the Soviet Union or in Nazi Germany, this kind of uh, horrendous abrogation of the basic rights of people. You've had some convictions of people who weren't even there. Uh, at yeah. the site, um, including the uh, the head of the Proud Boys, um, who expressed some opinions, and for that he received a 22-year prison sentence. Um, what the hell is going on here, uh, uh, Tim? What did you find, and um, what have you discovered from interviewing people? Well, we've been um, it's been almost three years since the event. I'm just we're really rolling the calendar back here and looking at what's happened. We've had a lot of time to uncover evidence that people have been very carefully trying to eradicate and obscure. Um, the more trials that go on, the more evidence comes out, the more videos are seen, the more testimonies are entered into record. And you're beginning to see this narrative come apart. And um, it looks like a pretty naked power grab to me, um, an attempt to enforce a cultural and, um, and worldview change upon a country. Uh, through sheer use of force and intimidation. Uh, it is all about get Trump. And I think everybody watches every time, every time you indict him and every time you do something, mine, his poll numbers go up um, and he's just blown away two primaries uh, in uh, two caucuses there. I, I think the trend is showing that the, the people are beginning to understand that it's really about persecution and not about prosecution. I think that people aren't buying the agenda, and I think that the uh, the protest of uh, of January sixth was basically um, a uh, an attempt to uh, to support Congress's and the Assembly's ability to hear uh, the uh, testimony of seven states that were scheduled to uh, be challenged in terms of their delegation. That is something that is completely constitutional. It's something that's been done in many elections, going all the way back to <clears throat> that of Thomas Jefferson in 1800. And um, what was going on was that you had seven states who had at least one representative and one senator jointly sign a letter challenging their delegation. Those sure. letters were to be presented, according to Article 2 of the Constitution, to the president of the assembly, who also happens to be the vice president of the United States, that being Mike Pence. And once receiving that letter, Pence is required to have hearings that can last up to two hours, in which case the challenge to the delegation can be adjudicated, debated, and presented by both sides. 
at the end of the two hours, it is then up to the president of the assembly, who also happens to be the vice president of the United States, to either seat the delegation that originally been sent up or not seat them based upon the evidence that emanated out of the hearing. There were seven states that had that kind of commitment. Um, They included all of the so-called battleground states, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and I believe Nevada. And then the seventh state was New Mexico. And uh, the hearings were underway. Uh, I was watching them on television. Arizona came up first because they called the states in alphabetical order. The media was there filming it. They had to. This was national news. And the testimony was incredible. It was substantial. They were showing where they believed that the uh, election had been stolen in their state. And there was an alternative delegation there that was willing to be seated, something that's also been done in American history. And that something was done in in the election of, of 1990 with Al Gore in Florida. So there was nothing going on there that wasn't completely constitutional. Um, but then I had to be called away from the TV because I was broadcasting and I had a guest. So I interviewed my guests and then I came back to the TV, maybe about 10 to 15 minutes later. And I saw the horrible spectacle of people rioting at the Capitol and breaking a window. And when I saw that, like all Americans, my heart sank. I knew it was over. Now, I had uh, warned people on my show in advance that there would be some kind of mischief. You'd have people, the Antifa people who have been brutalizing Trump supporters since day one, throwing acid in the faces of old ladies, that they would be there to create trouble, probably wearing Trump garb. And But I didn't anticipate what happened. No one did. And uh, unfortunately, it was uh, you had the guy with the uh, fake uh, Viking hat, Jacob Chansley, the so-called QAnon shaman, walk in, escorted, perfectly peaceful. And the result was that the assembly was canceled and it didn't convene again until after midnight in the wee hours of the morning. No media present, no votes, no contestations. They just gaveled Biden through. Now, that's those are the facts of what happened. Yeah, they are, but they're really <clears throat> you're, there's some very serious context missing in those facts. Okay, uh, what you described was what happened inside the building. I think January sixth, it, it's momentous because of what happened outside of the building, um, and it's very hard. I don't think you've really seen much of anything if you've been watching and getting your uh, media feed from mainstream uh, news, you've been seeing a mosaic that is carefully selected pieces of a puzzle. You've never been shown the entire puzzle. You've never been shown how the pieces fit together. You've just been shown uh, the little bits that are the juiciest and, and really, you know, the most sensational for you to uh, to consume as that day's uh, daily news. There's been a great effort by the people that are involved with January 6th that, are, that actually in some cases are January 6th defendants who are there as witnesses, who may yet be defendants, because the uh, FBI is is obviously now deciding that if you stood on the grass within a couple of hundred yards of the building, you deserve to be swept up and indicted for this as well. Um, Mm -hmm. These people have put a great effort into trying to put this story together. 
And we've kind of had the same experience through the letters of the prisoners that, that people have been sending us that they get back out of these prisons from these people. And they tell the same story that you see now finally in the revealing videos and more importantly, the timeline of that day. Um, there's an, a, really a, an essential documentary that came out at midnight on January 1st of this year called J6, The Real Timeline. And it takes you through that day in chronology order, starting from before the ellipse and ending after all of the chaos at the Capitol and after the Senate and the, the House have been evacuated. And you're going to see things happening in parallel. So at the same time as something as Donald Trump is speaking at the ellipse, you're seeing what's happening at the Capitol. You're seeing violence breaking out before Donald Trump even says, let's go patriotically uh, to, to, you know, to say our peace. Right. And so you'll begin to finally see how this mosaic fits together, how all the puzzle pieces are plugged in. And um, again, you can find that at uh, open.inc slash J6. That's open, like open a door, dot ink, like writing with a pen slash J6. It's about a 56-minute video. And I think uh, very little narrative. Mostly you're seeing actual footage uh, put together and finally so the puzzle pieces come together. Then when you add that to what you just enumerated for us, what was happening inside the building, you'll begin to see how those timelines coincide and how uh, how deviously engineered the whole thing was. Well, when you say deviously engineered, that that's exactly right. I mean, there was a generally a peaceful assembly outside the um, the Capitol, and then you had a couple of ringleaders like Ray Epps, who the day before had arrived, and he had regular videos, so like six or seven YouTube videos, where he he arrived with his son from I think it was Arizona, but he's going. We got to go into the Capitol, he's telling them. Into the Capitol. Who ever thought of that? Nobody was going anywhere near the Capitol. They were just going to be there assembling peacefully outside the Capitol. He was, so only, he was only convicted recently and given a slap on the wrist. I don't think he's done any prison time. Well, he, uh, right. And there were several others like that. The, apparently the guy that planted the pipe bombs at the Democratic and Republican National Committee headquarters it's now been absolutely confirmed that he was some kind of a federal agent, possibly with the Capitol Police. There were the guys with the bullhorns up on the scaffolding, yeah. you know, agitating, attack the Capitol, go into the Capitol. And yeah. you had the guy, you know, these other, the guy with the, with the chain link fence and all these other people, the guy they call him Ginger uh, something, like this redhead guy who had little headphones on. He was the only guy there with a gun. No one else had weapons. Um, and you had these other agitators who uh, basically were the ringleaders who to get people to do this. It's yep. obvious It's obvious who benefited from it. I mean, any police uh, investigation, the first question they say is, who qui bono? Who benefited? Who benefited was the Biden regime and all of their infrastructure they wanted to stop that assembly because the assembly was revealing what had actually happened. That was the last chance to get to the bottom of what had happened on election day. And they did stop it. And uh, then you had a phenomenon where the Capitol Police started firing live ammunition into the crowd. I mean, that's why there was a riot. Yes, and um, yeah. You, you, you'll see that in, in that video that I'm talking about. And even in these letters in the book, these guys, uh, these two books, the American Gulag Chronicles series, 
This is their letters from prison. They describe exactly what you're talking about. They tell how it happened to them. Peaceful people being attacked over the city, in some cases, in a prayer group with their arms around each other, heads bowed, and live ammunition is fired into the area. Police officers come across the barricades with batons and start hitting them in the head. It's uh, it's pretty horrific. I just warn you that that, that documentary is going to show everything the way it happened. You're going to see the, the assassination of Ashley Babbitt in, in some pretty pretty graphical film. Um, but I think America needs to get educated because they've been lied to for three years. Now the lies are coming apart. When you say who, who benefited, well, obviously it's the party who sees control. But can you actually weigh that benefit against the, um, the viciousness of this hunt down of anybody who was there that day? peaceful yeah. or otherwise. Can you really kind of put that together with any kind of logic uh, in the severity of the sentences? And, and you have people who burned down cities in the summer of love who didn't even get, not only didn't get put to prison, but won millions of dollars in lawsuits from the cities. And you have Arika Torrio who wasn't even in DC who gets 22 years in prison. That's um, right. I mean, the, the, uh, the people that were burning down uh, looting black businesses and burning black neighborhoods in what I would describe as an American Kristallnacht after yep. the after the death of George Floyd, which itself is uh, one of these things that was cranked up and appears something other than what actually happened. That those people basically got off with a slap on the wrist. Uh, you had this guy who firebombed the uh, Hatfield Federal Court building in uh, Portland, Oregon. You know, and, and he got off with a slap on the wrist. Yep. I mean, there's really no consequences. Whereas these, this other case where, yeah, there was a riot after they got live fire in the audience, in the crowd, and Ray Epps moving in, going to the Capitol. You know, those guys are uh, sent up the river, and they're doing really hard time. Uh, you mentioned Enrico Tario. He wasn't even in Washington that nope. day. He was the head of the Proud Boys. By the way, happens to be a man of color. Not that that matters. Uh, no, it does because everybody does. says the Proud Boys are racist, right? They're white supremacists. No, there were so more. Yeah, <laughs> he's no, not there, a white there were more men of color in the Proud Boys than there was yep. in BLM. Yes, and that—that's a fact. Yeah. Um, you had even somebody like Owen Schroyer, who was there as a reporter, working with Alex Jones. He was just on the lawn telling people not to go in. He ended up having to serve three months in prison. Yep. I mean, this is like, uh, yeah, this is what's going on right now in this country. And I think, well, as you say, to, uh, Tim, people in this, you know, are starting to become aware of it. Well, that's why we, we wrote the American Gulag Chronicles series. We didn't really write it. It's actually a collection of letters and art and stories that are coming outside of the prison from these J6. And now we're kind of beginning to call them hostages, although President Biden objects. The, the purpose of calling them a hostage is to illuminate the fact that as prisoners, they have no rights. And prisoners in this country have rights. Even prisoners in Gitmo have rights. Of course, of course. Uh, but these people are denied their basic rights, denied due process, denied access to the discovery, denied a fair trial, denied change of venue. The list goes on and on. And so you can't fairly call them prisoners anymore. Um, they are hostages to a conservative view of thought. They are hostages to you speaking out and using your First Amendment, and they are hostages to the fear that this administration wants to use to rule. And we have to ask ourselves, is that the type of government we want, or, or are we looking for something a little more 
in line with our Judeo-Christian ethic, with our founding concepts, with our ethos of fair and equal justice for everyone, regardless of whether you agree with the administration or not. Um, that's what comes through in these books. And uh, the, the damage that's been done to the individuals, which are now approaching 1,300, okay? Donald Trump was, by my order of count, it was 1,206 being indicted for January 6th. Um, these people are suffering, their families are destroyed, their financial futures are gone, bankrupt. And many have lost their homes, many have lost their standings in community, their businesses. And they pour that out to you in these letters from inside what I now call the new gulags of America. Because once you hear how these prisons are being run today, that will be your next priority should we win this country back is prison reform. Um, oh, and, yeah. Yeah, they've definitely shined a light on it. And uh, I mean, it goes even back before the uh, the events of January 6th. I had the chance to interview Paul Manafort, who oh, talked yes. about held in solitary confinement, but basically doing something that had already been dismissed before he got involved with Trump. So. This is a prosecution of people who support President Trump, including President Trump himself, who the FBI showed up and they rummaged through his wife's underwear drawer. Yeah, you know this is uh, this is where we are right now in this country. It's uh, it's really a very frightening uh, phenomenon. We have um, the day after the protest and the uh, you know the uh, capital incursion. The media, almost lockstep and in a coordinated way, announced that this was, quote, a insurrection, unquote, which is a way of saying basically that this was a rebellion against the United States, which it wasn't. It was, oh. a, riot. It was a riot after they were fired on. But did they really think that these people were trying to overthrow the government? I mean, this is ridiculous. There was no oh. weapons. Who was, was charged? Who was charged with insurrection? Nobody. Nobody. No, nobody's been charged with insurrection because it's an unprovable charge. Uh, and, and it's, and it it's an untrue charge. charge. You know what it comes down to, Charles? Uh, I'm going to tell you, I, I fear this a lot because Americans have become lazy. They become one-click purveyors of news. If they see the first thing they see, it seems to imprint. And even if it's wrong, they don't seem to take the time to go to the second, the third, or maybe the fourth click to try and get an alternative view instead right. of just accepting what they see at first shot. And as you, all the things that you and I talked about from George Floyd, even back to the LA riots, all of these things have been manipulated by the media for maximum sensationalism. And in some cases, maximum civil disturbance. And you have to ask yourself, what, what agents of evil are they that they consistently want to do this that misrepresent the facts, omit the truth, and twist the actual circumstances to fit a narrative that has nothing to do with truth. Um, but it's our fault if we don't look past that, if we don't go to the sources of truth, to the actual participants, like these people from January 6th. Go listen to their interviews, I mean, from jail at our website at j6patriotnews.com. You're going to hear some amazing and horrifying things. Go read their letters. We post all the letters out there. Um, you can get to the books from there. All the proceeds from the books go to a nonprofit agency that's trying to keep these men and families alive through this persecution. Um, everything that, that this, these people do in these organizations is all volunteerism. It's this beating heart, this patriot heart of America that many people think is gone, but it's still there. It, it may not beat as loudly because we need more corpuscles. 
We need more people to awaken to the danger, uh, not only to themselves, but to their children and their grandchildren and to the future of the Republic and get involved somehow, whether it be locally or if you're scared to be at the front lines, uh, maybe you just support others who are through the book, through donations to organizations that are fighting. You got to get involved or really this this turns from a historical uh, footnote to a monumental tragedy and possibly the end of the Republic. But it's all up That's to America what happens in 2024, really. No, I mean, and I think you're right about people basically watching only the Mockingbird mainstream media and Lester Holt to get all their news, and they don't look beyond that. The, um, the you know, the, the term insurrection meant that uh, people could be detained indefinitely as if these guys are like members of Al-Qaeda or something. Yeah. Plus, obviously, besides stopping the assembly, which is exactly what they wanted to do, and which is exactly what why Pelosi did not call out um, for securing the Capitol building before the event, um, it also set the stage for the massive campaign of censorship that un was undertaken, where thousands of people were purged from YouTube. I lost my channel at the time, and uh, and other channels. And Parler was taken down. And you know, you had the President of the United States, Donald Trump, taken off of Twitter, where he had upwards of 10 million followers, and. Uh, they all basically controlled the media. I think they assumed that they would be able to sell this narrative of, of insurrection. Um, and, um, they, and yet it didn't really work because you had alternative media step up, which is where I am now, and right. build, build back the audience. So, you know, the, you know, freedom prevails in that sense, but they used it to not only stopped the assembly, but they then went on and they impeached Trump again, even though he had already been out of office by the yeah. time they had the vote. And <clears throat> the, char the charge was, quote, insurrection, unquote. And they lied about his speech at the, at the ellipse where he said, assemble peaceably and lawfully. Um, the uh, That same lie would be used to uh, by the special prosecutor, this thug, Jack Smith, in, in a video that he showed where he edited out that part of the speech, sure. you know, sliced it off of the uh, camera, which is how they've done a lot of things. I mean, we could go back to Trayvon Martin and all these things. They, they, they edit and slice it so they can get the narrative they want. So we have a situation where they're comparing it to you know, the uh, September 11th attack on the World Trade Center, they compared it to, you know, uh, the, the Civil War. I mean, it was a... Uh, they, they, they compared it to the crucifixion of Christ. I mean, it, it's like every... It was the worst thing that ever happened in world history, and they got away with it to an extent. They claimed that something like six police officers died, were killed, which is a complete lie. It's yeah. interesting how they're suddenly concerned with the welfare of police officers, but Putting that aside, well, there was only one man who died. That was Officer Sicknick, and he died that evening in his sleep. Actually, it was the causes. next day. It was that, it's actually the next day, and that was ruled natural causes. Exactly, but they completely lied about that, and to the point where they 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 put his body in the uh, the rotunda, yeah. and they gave these window these long windy speeches about insurrection, and even like I think it was about a month later. They held a ceremony where they, they were doing like they do at 9-11, where they, they were letting off bugle blasts for each person who allegedly died. 
I mean, the whole thing was a lie. Just about everything you've heard about the January 6th event is a lie. These are, it is completely manufactured. And this is why President Trump is ahead. And God willing, nothing happens like a Kennedy solution, if you get my drift. He will be elected to another term in office because yeah. the American people know that this regime is illegitimate, that they're installed, and that they brought catastrophe to the United States and the world. And how do you undo the damage that's been done? Okay, I mean, it's such a wide battlefield of damage. Let's just take the J6ers because that kind of happens to be my little my little, little sphere of influence. Um, the damage is done. How are you going to undo that? If the Supreme Court says that 1512C, obstruction of an official proceeding, does not fit and throws it out, you've undone all these DOJ uh, sentences where people have already served their sentence. They've already been pilloried. They've lost their civil rights, their ability to own a weapon. They've been publicly outed. They've lost their... How are you going to undo that? How about the people that are still in prison? Do they get commutations? That doesn't remove their sentence, you know, their backgrounds as felons. I mean, do you, you know, do you pardon them? That doesn't undo it either. How do you undo the evil that this administration has done through lies? What type of retribution is, is appropriate? Since you can't undo the damage in law, then that means there must be some type of reimbursement or retribution. In criminal law, that means jail. In civil law, that means money. So how will you reimburse over 1,200 people for this incredible assault under color of law and, and put their lives back together again? I, I guess it's, it's, it's going to come right bad. down to what will you, every somebody person who's listening to this and watching your show, Charles, what will they do? What, what, what voices will they raise to their representatives and their senators? Will they be silent? Or will they pick up the phone and call and, and or write and express their outrage and demand justice? Because silence is complicit. That's all there is to it. There's so many people know this now because we've had three years of ripping back the curtain until you can see that brick wall behind the scenery. And yet people are silent. Representatives are silent. Senators are silent. They play the game because they don't want to have January 6th uh, interfere with their chances for an electorate. And uh, and this is cowardice. We can't be the land of the free if we are not the home of the brave. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I think that President Trump has come out publicly and said that he intends to review and likely pardon most of them. Uh, but And there are Supreme Court, there are cases coming up, some of which will make their way to the Supreme Court. Yeah. There are a couple of brave lawyers who have come up and stepped in, even though they're being attacked by the Bar Association, just like the lawyers who represent President Trump. And, uh, you know, the beat goes on. I mean, there, there is a growing awareness. Um, God willing, more people will become aware of, of this and the dangers that this poses to our republic. Uh, this is, uh, you know, we, we can't really say, tell the rest of the world that uh, they, you know, like we can't talk to Putin yeah. He's he's pointed it out. How can the United States wag a finger at Russia when we've got we're doing the same thing right here in Washington? It's like yeah. this is uh, unprecedented in American history that we will have this kind of naked fiat seizure of power and, uh, you know, abuse of people and the, the cruelty of it. I mean, I understand they, they 
there was a man who was a former military man who was arrested because he refused to go undercover for the FBI. Yeah, he, he refused. To, he's, a, he's here in my state. His name is Jeremy Brown. He's a retired Green Beret. Yeah. Um, there's also another gentleman my wife and I supported since day one. His name is Jeff McKellop. He's a 22-year Green Beret Ranger, three Bronze Stars, uh, and then worked for state as a contractor for over 10 years as a protectorate. And he's sitting in a Dallas-Fort Worth prison right now since March of 2021 without trial. A war so hero, is, America so, war hero. Yeah, I mean, these, these are men and women who had unblemished records and who were, you know, you know, as you say, war heroes, but certainly stellar American citizens who were simply going to Washington to express their opinion. Now, Tim, I thought that all of the prisoners were being held at what they call the D.C. Gulag. No. Are you telling me that this is all around the country? I mean, what? Yeah. what the way to do this, if you, again, I'm going to point you back to my website because it's a wealth of information about this and, it, and it's current about what's happening every day in this community and to these men. It's j6patriotnews.com. And there's a, there's a link on there at the top of the page. It's called Jail Updates. If you click on that, it pulls up a map of the United States and you're just going to be surprised because mm -hmm. the map is covered in pushpins. And every one of those pushpins represents a jail or a prison where a Jan January 6th hostage is being held. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, we really have to get to that website. What can we do, Tim, as citizens to help these men and women? Well, I think you can speak up. I'll, I'll give you a phone number real quick. If anybody's got a, a piece of paper or got your cell phone, you might even be listening on your cell phone. It's 202-224-3121. Again, I give it to you again. 202 224 3121. That is your switchboard in Congress at the Capitol building. You can give them your zip code, ask to speak to your representative, and then ask for them to do what you hired them to do. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what to say, but my message would be release all of the videos, release the hostages until you can prove that you've released all of the videos, and then begin to call to task the people who have dishonored their oath to the Constitution. Um, if you're silent, you're doing nothing. If you can't do that, you can go at least educate yourself at our website there. Listen to the interviews, read some of the letters, get yourself educated at the trough of truth where these these people are the ones who are giving you first person testimony. And if you're moved to help, you can donate or you can buy one of these amazing books. The first book, Letters from Prison, covers the first year from the DC Gulag. Uh, from September of 21 through September of 22. And the new book, The Art of Confinement, which is actually a bigger book, um, is their letters, their art, and their stories picking up in October of 22 and bringing it right up to October of 23. So it's a very current document. It's historical in nature. Um, and it's either going to be something that you'll want to pass down to your grandchildren as a memorial of what has happened in this country at this time, or it'll be one of the most banned books in America. I guess that's that's really up to everybody who's listening what those outcomes will be. It's up to us to get involved locally, or if you can't get on the front lines, at least support those who do uh, and try and save this republic before we have nothing left for our children and grandchildren. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And it's a frightening thing to even make a call. People are afraid that their name was going to end up on some FBI list or something, which is, you know, it reminds me of like, concerns that existed in Nazi Germany. It's like, 
uh, people are afraid when they're polled. If, do they think the election was stolen or not? People are afraid to say yes, because again, they might end up on a list. These are very concerning times. I mean, it was like, uh, you know, it, it's, it's sort of like what Fred Friendly said to um, Edward R. Murrow. If the fear is in this room, we got to go. We got to do it. And the fear is in this room, which is why we have to get out and do whatever right. it is that we're going to do. I mean, you know, you and I do this media. That's our contribution. Everybody can play a role in terms of alerting the public to this uh, this crime. And, uh, you know, if you're going to call Congress, be polite, be courteous, you know, but make your points and make them carefully. Call your local uh congressional candidates and ask them to take a position on this, yes. you know, and uh, let them know that they'll be rewarded if they take the position, not punished. We have to deal with what is, if we don't deal with it, if we're going to have an open police state and we're going to have an FBI that is really going to be what we fear it could be, which is a Gestapo. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the message from all these people in these books, and you can get the books, like I said, at our website, or you can go to lettersfromprison.us. It's pretty easy to remember. All the proceeds go to help these guys. Everything they tell you over and over again, it all comes down to just a few simple words. Don't do nothing. All right, Tim. Uh, let, what is it again? Lettersfromprison.us. Lettersfromprison.us. It'll be listed here at this uh, on this program. Uh, check that out. Tim, stay in touch. We should keep up to date on this story Absolutely. as it develops, especially as the election year moves along. And uh, you know, God willing, uh, we'll, we'll get the word out. And and I just, uh, you know, as a fellow citizen, I really want to thank you for doing what you're doing. I mean, you're really putting your neck out, and I appreciate it. There's no we the people without me the people. Indeed. All right, Tim Rivers, thanks a lot, and let's talk soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Charles. Okay, take care.